Hey guys, you're welcome back to another episode of the podcast, and I'm your host Michelle Igomo, and this is the Christ in Christmas series. For those of you that have been following, we are going through the book of Luke from chapter one to chapter twenty-four. The whole point of this series was to do this before Christmas. So it was part of the Christmas challenge so that we'll be able to go through the whole life of Jesus and then we'll know what we're celebrating during Christmas. But due to some um, difficulties and procrastination, we're still on it even in January. But regardless, the um, whole point is that we finished the book of Luke and we are more than halfway there. So yeah, we're on the right track. So anyways, today we'll be looking at chapters 18, 19, and 20. And I'll just be giving my um, opinions and my um, two cents on each of the chapters and what I could get from them. Um, also, I want to be introducing um, your opinions as well. So if you got anything um, from these chapters that we've been discussing on here, please feel free to send your opinions to me. You can do that through Instagram, through my DMs, Michelle underscore Gomo, or you can do that on here if you're listening to Anchor. I think there is um, provision for you to send your voice messages and the rest. So please feel free to send in your opinions, and I might be airing them on the next episode. So um, moving on, we're starting with chapter 18. So. The first thing that stuck out to me in chapter 18 was where Jesus um, was instructing us to be persistent in our prayers to God. And he used the parable of the widow and the judge to prove his point. So there was a widow who needed um, justice and basically she was always stopping the judge. She was always coming to the judge to plead for her rights. telling the judge to help her against her enemies, help her against her opponents, and the judge was quite adamant about helping her. So he always pushed her aside, always um, postponed the meetings, that kind of thing, but she was always, always persistent. And then apparently in the end, the judge decided to help her because she was becoming a nuisance and disturbing him too much just to gain his peace back. And Jesus used an example to cite um, the same relationship between us and God. Now, this is a God who gave his own son for us. This is a God who loves us more than we love ourselves. So Jesus was like, if the judge ended up answering the woman because she was disturbing him, how much more will God answer us if we are persistent with our prayers? But know that to be persistent, to keep on asking God for something, is to keep on believing that he is hearing you and that he will answer you eventually. You you have to know that he's capable of answering you before you continue to plead for him to answer you so basically this all boils down to faith if you don't have faith if you don't believe that god has the ability to help you out of a certain situation you won't see the need to keep on answering him and that's why we give up easily it's very easy to pray um say prayer point for a week a month a year and then when you don't see any changes you decide no maybe 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 this is one thing that is above God maybe this is one thing that God can solve or maybe um, you just give in to despair and you just um, decide to relent and just quit praying Jesus is telling us to be persistent it is very very important as Christians that we guard our faith do not let anything take your faith away from you and Jesus asks a very very important question in verses 8 he says I tell you he will judge in the favor and do it quickly but will the Son of Man find faith on earth when he comes? 
keep in mind that faith is the one thing that will help us get saved when Jesus comes back. That is the one thing that we can rely on. That is um, the reason why we are saved. Our faith in Jesus helps us to be saved. But if Jesus comes back and you don't have any faith, then what exactly will happen to your salvation? What exactly will happen to your resurrection after the death? What after death, I mean, what exactly will happen to your afterlife, your eternity with God? Fear is when we become forgetful of who God is and when we forget who we are in God. And that is when fear comes in. And once fear comes in, there's no faith. If there is faith, you won't have fear. If there is fear, you won't have faith. So Jesus um, is telling us here that we should guard our faith. Remember when he's telling you to have faith, when he's telling you to be persistent, he's telling you to remember who he is and also remember who you are in him. Second um, Corinthians, I think, chapter 32, verses 7 says, Be courageous and strong. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. In Isaiah 51, verses 13, God asks us a very, very important question. He says, Have you forgotten the Lord who made you? It is very, very easy for us to forget who God is when we become clouded by all the negative things around us, by all the problems that have been piling up, by all the prayer points that we are tired of saying every time. But God is there to strengthen us. God is there to protect us. God is there to save us. And all you have to do is to keep on believing and keep on having faith and keep on being persistent with praying to Him. And this also is what we see in verses 35 to 43 where jesus heals the blind beggar at the end of it all jesus said to him then see your faith has made you well so if you don't have faith in the end whatever you're asking god for is not going to happen it's not going to no god doesn't work where there is no faith god works with our faith and so we have to keep on guarding our faith and one of the mistakes we make is that we think we have the ability to have faith in god by ourselves bro it is not easy to believe in a being that you have not seen, to believe in a being that you have not heard, to believe in a being that is quite invisible and is in a different dimension than ours and seem like a million miles away from us. So faith is not something that you develop by yourself. Stop thinking you can have faith in God by yourself. It's something that God helps us to have through the Holy Spirit. So you need to ask Him to have faith in Him. You need to ask him to develop your faith and ask him to guard it. It's one thing to have faith at a point in time. It's another thing to be able to keep on having it when you go through life and all the challenges that comes with it. So, if anything, I do pray that if any of you listening out there are struggling with your faith or having doubts in your mind about God or any of his promises, I do pray that God restores your faith back and it becomes stronger than it has ever been. Another thing I would like to take away from this chapter is from verses 9, where Jesus talks about the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Basically, the whole essence of this parable is that we should not hear ourselves better than others who are in the same um, walk of life with us, who are in the same journey, this exile journey with us, just because you feel according to your standards. I use your standards because your standards are not God's standards. But according to your standards, from your point of view, you're better off than this person. 
spiritually or physically or materially or in any other easy or any other aspect of life you feel you're better than this person oh i go to church more than this person oh i go to um i pray my bible i pray the rosary oh i read my bible better than this person i am more spiritually inclined in court than this person and then you begin to look down you feel you're better off you feel god loves you more you feel your sin is lesser than this other person's sin well i don't know what your bible says but my bible says that the um, reward of sin is death it doesn't say the reward of a lesser sin or the reward of a greater sin is death the reward of sin is death so basically as long as we are by ourselves as long as we continue to live apart from jesus as long as we deviate from the will and the path of god for our lives we are all damned we are all going to the same place and we are all facing the same consequences of our actions so regardless of that you have to understand that whoever you are spiritually is not because of how many times you pray or how many things you've done it's because of jesus's obedience by dying for us on the cross is because of Jesus' righteousness. That is why you can be called righteous. That is why we can be called holy. Not because of anything we have done. And it's only when you begin to understand it that you see every Christian as equal. You see everyone as equal. Both those who are still battling with their addictions and their sinful ways. And even those who have perfected their walk in God. Every one of us is equal. We are just on the same journey. We have um, different I would admit that there are some people that are like you know they're up there they have been walking working on their spiritual life that they have developed so much and then we have those of the baby christians who are still trying to learn about who god is and how to build a relationship with him but regardless of all that god's love and god's mercy is open to each and every one of us equally so whoever you think you are should not um affect how you see others because in god's sight we're all the same so yeah that was what i got from chapter 18 and then moving on in chapter 19 there is a very very interesting story that i feel we can all relate to and kind of like help us to figure out some certain things in our life so i'm just going to i'm just going to read everything out it's from verses 1 to 9 so it says jesus went into jericho and was passing through there was a chief tax collector there named Zacchaeus who was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was a little man and could not see Jesus because of the crowd. So he ran ahead of the crowd and climbed the sycamore tree to see Jesus who was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Hurry down Zacchaeus because I must stay in your house today. Zacchaeus hurried down and welcomed him with great joy. All the people who saw it started grumbling. This man has gone to, has gone as a guest to the home of a sinner. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Listen, sir, I will give half of my belongings to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I will pay back four times as much. Jesus said to him, Salvation has come to this house today, for this man also is a descendant of Abraham. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. If you know you're a sinner and you're listening to this, then this story is for you. This story is for us. <laughs> we are self-inclusive. So, first of all, there is... Let me, let me just, like, design the flowchart of the events that happened. So, Zacchaeus 
first of all wanted to see Jesus. There was a need and there was a desire to want to have that contact with Jesus. Because Zacchaeus knew in his heart that the way he has been living his life was not the right way. Of course, um, you have all the material things. It, the Bible says there that he was a rich man, so there was not even disputing that he had everything that money could buy. He was materially um, stable in terms of money and comfort. He had everything. But why would he still want to see Jesus? If you have everything that money can buy, why exactly would you think that he would still desire to see Jesus? Because material things, I think I said this in the last episode or last two episodes, but material things cannot fully satisfy you. It cannot. If you're looking for peace, if you're looking for satisfaction in material things, you would be disappointed in due time. Because there is something that can fill that void in you and it is not your money it is not all the things that money can buy i think the verse of today says that um do not love the world or the things that belong in the world because if you love the world you do not love the father you cannot serve two masters the bible is very very clear on this if you want to chase after money you're not chasing after god if you want to chase after god you're definitely not going to be chasing after money and so here was a man who has lived his entire life chasing after money he had everything he wanted but still there was still this void in him there was still this uneasy feeling in him he was not satisfied basically and so here was this man that everybody kept on talking about he heals he's the messiah he's a savior he has helped people so much there were just so many testimonies around this man and Zacchaeus was like okay i think I, i need to go and see for myself who this man is and this desire was so intense that he did not even let the crowd discourage him he ran ahead and climbed a tree this was a rich man that had a huge or a high social status but he climbed a tree because he he desired so much to see jesus and then when he did jesus looked up at him and told him to come down and invited himself to zacchaeus house jesus jesus acknowledged him and took himself to Zacchaeus house without him asking he invited himself to Zacchaeus house right and then after everything of course people will judge people will always judge they would always hate and haters will always hate and you'll have all these people saying oh well, this guy is a sinner this guy is a fraud what exactly is Jesus going to be doing in his house as a guest and then when Jesus got to his house Zacchaeus said that he would give half of his belongings to the poor and if he has cheated anybody he is going to pay back four times that is true repentance that is when he was ready to risk it all i'm pretty sure jesus told him to sell everything he had to follow him exactly was at the point of doing it because he had figured out that all these things never gave him the peace and the contentment he wanted and so what was its use exactly he, this was his chance to have peace of mind and he would give anything up for them He would give anything to have that peace. He would sell all the useless material things that he had all this while all the um, Extra gold that was just lying around all the silver all the um, Wealth He would do away with everything just to have that peace that Jesus brings and then Jesus said to him salvation has come to this house today um, I don't know whoever is listening out there, but if you're like Zacchaeus, if you've been chasing after the wrong things, if you've been 
going on and on and on on this endless rat race of wanting things and then having it and then wanting a better thing and then having it and then seeing something even better and wanting after that and then even when you have that you still still feel that void you still have too many questions and too many uncertainties if you're like Zacchaeus I am advising you to chase after Jesus run as fast as you can after him flee to him because Jesus is the only one that can give you the peace and the satisfaction that you need there is nothing compared to the contentment of knowing how loved you are by God there is nothing that joy is something that nothing can take away from you that nobody can take away from you so flee seek after Jesus and you know the very important thing is that even after Zacchaeus ran up to the tree he only caught sight of Jesus he never met him like he never stood in front of him or he never had contact with him until Jesus saw him and invited him to his house so no matter how much we desire God no matter how we run after God most of the time because of our humanity because of our weaknesses we don't chase after God as much as we're supposed to we don't chase after God so much that we become close to him God chases after us with so much intensity that he brings us to him ours is just to put in the very very little effort just like the prodigal son the prodigal son was coming like from a far distance the father sighted the son and ran to him the son didn't even reach the house the father ran all the way to him that is how much god is seeking after us all you have to do is to realize that you need god in your life and trust me he is chasing after you he's going to be with you in an instant He's going to invite himself into your house. You don't need to invite him. You don't need to clean up your heart. You don't need to um, ask too many questions. Oh, am I doing this right? Oh, am I doing this right? When you desire God, God is going to make everything right. He's going to clean your entire life up. He's going to come and invite himself with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, the Father, Trinity. All of them are going to come and live with you and reside with you. And trust me, when that happens, what happens to Zacchaeus will happen to you. You are going to see that vanity is vanity. All is vanity. There is there is no point to all the things that we chase after in this life. You're going to have true repentance. True repentance comes from acknowledging that you've been doing it the wrong way all along and you need only God's help to go in the right way. You're going to do all you can to make sure that Jesus still remains with you because this peace you're now feeling is something you've never ever felt before. And salvation is going to come to you because Jesus is now with you. So this is just like a timeline for our lives. If you have been struggling with doubts and uncertainties, definitely look at this story over and over again. If Jesus could save Zacchaeus who was a cheat, who was a fraud, he can save you and then the closing statement of that um, story says the son of man came to seek and to save the lost he didn't just come to save you he came to seek you he is coming for the main purpose of coming to look for you coming to find you and coming to save you when you have that in your mind that Jesus is coming just for me just for me just for me michelle just for you whoever is listening jesus came with your name in his mind that he's coming to seek you and he's going to come and save you where exactly will the doubts want to come from where exactly will the confusion wants to come from this is the son of man this is the perfect 
son. This is the this is God who was in the beginning. This is God who is going to be at the end. And he's coming for you, man. I don't even know how to explain this. So anyways, try your possible best to seek after God. And he is coming with you with 100 times more intensity than you are going to go with him. So it's my honest prayer that as many of you want to turn away from whatever you're dealing with, want to turn away from the depression and the anxiety that comes with being in the world, Jesus is going to seek you. He's going to find you. He's going to save you. And you will be so happy you sought after him in the first place. Another thing I would like to take from this chapter is um yeah with the gifts and the talent that God has given us that is we see this in I'm just going to summarize it this is in um from verse 11 to verse 27 God has given us gifts this gift we have this life we have this air that we breathe this time we have the body that we have the opportunities that we have the family that we're brought into the country that you live in all circumstances surrounding your entire being are gifts that God has given you and has left with you for a purpose. He's not giving it to you to enjoy life and to um, be nonchalant about it. He's giving you with an assignment in mind. There is something you're supposed to do with everything you have. And one of the one of the points that we begin to have problem is we don't even know what the assignment is. You have to know what the question is before you begin to find the answers. Most of us don't even know what the question is. Because we've not thought about it long enough. We've not seen any need. We are too busy enjoying everything and even asking God for more. We are too busy um, um, being envious of somebody who you think has more than you. That you don't realize how much special your case is. We are too busy being greedy and being uncontent. with the amazing opportunities and situations that God has for you. That you don't realize what the essence of everything is. He has given it to you with an assignment. None of anything that happens in your life is consequential. None of it is a coincidence. Everything was perfectly planned. And a time will come when you have to give account, when you have to tell God what and what you used this for, if you completed the assignment or not. And if you didn't, it will be taken away from you. I feel this is this is regards to our gifts and talents. Your gifts were used to help others. By helping others, you are glorifying God as well. I think I said this in the last episode. See, oh, the Bible is connected, man. One point is said in a million different ways. Essence is that your gifts, your talents, your time, your life was given to help others, was given to love others. In that you are loving God, in that you are glorifying God, in that you are worshipping God. And if you don't do that, it will be taken away from you. Whatever gift or whatever things you have that, that makes you special or that makes you unique will be taken away from you. And it will be given to somebody who has used it well. Because there is no need leaving a gift with you and you don't even know what is used for. You don't even know that you even have that gift in the first place. It's a waste and God doesn't deal with waste. Right? So he's going to give it to somebody that has been using the gifts that have been given to him very well. So... First of all, we need to be very, very serious with knowing what exactly has God even given me. What is the unique gift and the unique talent that he has given me? And then what does he want me to do with it? When you find the answer to those two questions, then you can begin to know how to go about that. So 
yeah we should be very serious with asking the holy spirit asking god for direction in that part of our lives most of the time we don't even know that these questions even need to be answered because we are too busy going about our daily lives and trying to live for tomorrow trying to stock up money that you use and eat tomorrow trying to build your future the future you are building you don't even know if you are going to be alive to live in it that is still for this situation i mean here we are trying to study so that we can have a bright future yeah so that we can have a secured job we have a good paying job in future our family will be comfortable you don't even know if you'll be alive to see the next day <laughs> it's funny but it's not funny that that's the insane world we live in so while you're trying to plan for the future nobody is saying don't plan no please plan plan but don't get caught up in building your future so much so that you don't build your present and at the end you don't even get to live in your future what what a disaster and a shame that would be so yeah i think that's the message that that is trying to pass across and lastly last but not the least actually we were created to worship god there is one amazing book i've read um i think i read it last two years it's um um what was the title of that book again living a purpose-driven life yes something like that i forgot the name of the author but like that has been the best book i've ever read in my life it's amazing right if you're following me on instagram or if you just check my story i think i'll post that up there so if you're interested in um reading that book you can go and search it up from there but one of the things that that book talks about is that one of the reasons why we were created is to worship and to glorify god if your life doesn't worship God, if your life is not living for God, if God is not at the center of everything you do, you have deviated, you are not, you are nothing, you are basically without purpose, you are basically, you have destroyed your purpose, that, that's it, so, one of the main essence, what is going on, one of the main essence of our lives is to live it to glorify and to praise God. And Jesus in verses 40 says, I tell you that if they keep quiet, if the people praising me now keep quiet, the stones themselves will start shouting. That is how great God is. If God has created you to praise him, why wouldn't you praise him? If God has created you to worship him, why wouldn't you worship him? Give this instance, yeah? If you create a robot, like if you if you're an inventor and you invent a washing machine right and a washing machine doesn't wash your clothes it's just making noise and taking off fuel and electricity i i i really doubt that you and as inventor after all the time and the energy and the money you've put into that machine you are going to leave it like that and you are going to sell it in the market without doing what you wanted to do it's either you destroy completely and start over again or you fix some things up in it to make sure that it does what you want it to do because if it does it, it's useless. Please, prayer for all of us is that may we not be useless in God's sight. Amen. Okay, so lastly, we're moving on to chapter 20. Okay, and lastly in chapter 20, um, like I said earlier, we have been given something to use. For God's glory and we fail to do that God is going to kick us out God is going to take away whatever he has given us and we will be the ones that will be suffering the consequences of our actions 
the parable of the tenants in the vineyard points exactly towards it from verses 9 to 18. Jesus asks after the whole parable, if you read through it, it's about tenants that were given a vineyard to produce fruits and then when the owner comes to ask for it, they refuse to give it to the owner and either kills the servant or beats them or throws them away or kills them in the case of the, te- the owner's son. And then Jesus said that, what then will the owner of the vineyard do to the tenants? He will come and kill those men and turn the vineyard over to other tenants. If your time or your life or your gifts that God has given you to do something is not being used for whatever it's supposed to be used for, it's going to be taken away from you and given to another person. So that should become a food for thought. What has God given me? And then what does he want me to use that to do? And then also we are warned to not be hypocrites. I also spoke about this earlier from verses 45 to 47 Jesus points that I think Jesus has a very <laughs> very important Jesus has a good um, I don't know Jesus has a talent or gift Jesus has a very good ability to be throwing stones or shading people because the way he was shading all these teachers of the law and Pharisees man is just very funny but that is how it's not like he's shading them he's warning us it's not bad to be a religious person no it's not bad it actually helps you spiritually but when you your how religious you are or how holy you are per se is what is in front of your mind all the time rather than who made you holy and who made you righteous that is where there is a problem don't be a hypocrite don't be like the teachers of the law if you are saying something, make sure you stand by it. Don't say things just for other people's approval and then behind the scene, you are doing the exact opposite. Your your case will be worse than those people that don't even know what is right or wrong. So, anyways, in all our doings, let's pray to God that we do not end up being hypocrites. We do not end up leading people to God and then losing God in the process. We do not end up doing what we say Christians shouldn't do so that's a very very big prayer point because it's very easy to fall into that temptation very very easy when God has made you holy and has made you have like a huge growth spiritually you begin to think that you are better off than other people or um, you are higher than this particular group of people so yeah in all our doings try to always seek God first Put him first, put his will, his desire for your life, his plan for your life first, and everything else will fall into place. So thank you for listening this far. Um, I'm really, really excited that I went this far in this series. Like I am I am bummed, like man. I think at the beginning of this year I was so scared. I thought that I was going to get tired of this series and just start a new thing. I, I like I usually do. When something is taking too long or it seems too hard to follow, I'm very, very easy. Um, I'm a very, very, I'm a person that easily gives up. Basically, I don't like to see things to the end. But this series has been going on part one, part two, part three, part four. This is part six. Hmm. Hey, hey, this year is going to be a good year. I love how I'm starting this year. So, anyways, not to make this episode longer. Thank you for listening this far. Please stay tuned. 
either we will be having our last part of this series in the next episode or in the next two episodes so we'll see how that goes i do hope though that you remain and you stay tuned and you keep on listening until finish the series and um may the grace of god continue to be with you and your family stay safe stay blessed and have an amazing day and an amazing